Thank you for downloading this episode of A History of Central Florida podcast. This is the podcast where we explore Central Florida's history through the artifacts found in local area museums and historical societies. This series is brought to you by Riches, the regional initiative to collect the history, experiences, and stories of Central Florida and the Orange County Regional History Center. I am Bethany Dickens, and I will be your host for this episode titled Company Scrip. Forms of currency and credit go back thousands of years. Ancient people around the world used objects such as shells and eventually coins, and then later, paper money, to represent the value of gold, silver, and other precious metals. The term scrip refers to an object that represents a form of currency and was used as a form of wages. In the 19th century, as the United States became more industrialized, many factories and industries took to the practice of issuing what was known as company scrip instead of paying workers in U.S. currency. The scrip featured in this podcast was used by the Edge Lumber Company and the Diston Land Company in the late 19th and early 20th century. Dr. Mark Long of the University of Central Florida further explains how company script worked. Yes, uh, company script is used uh, in, in place of, of specie, in place of cash money uh, to pay employees. And it's, it's typically associated with uh, businesses that are in remote locations uh, because it, it's you know, sort of far removed from the sort of typical market economies and towns. And so extractive industries in particular, lumber, sometimes coal, that are located in places where the only thing in the location uh, is is that particular industry in Florida? Turpentine and and lumber would be probably the two most common uses of script, and they, they it's used ostensibly as a way to pay your workers uh, with sort of internal credit so that they can buy things from your local store. Uh, that is the sort of justification for script versus cash. The downside, of course, is that the folks who run the store are the same people who are paying the workers, and so there's there's a sort of hidden tax. Uh, the price on the goods in the store are often marked up at at usury levels, so that uh, the workers are you know sort of at a net loss, being paid script versus being paid cash. Company script was connected to the growth of company towns. Company towns emerged to house a community of workers or cater to a single industry within a community. Elliott Edge invested heavily in Groveland from 1899 until the 1930s and was an integral member of the community who can be accredited partially for much of Groveland's growth in the early 20th century. The script from Groveland that was given to employees of the Turpentine Still or Edge Lumber Company was named for the Edge Mercantile Company that owned the general store and the commissary. These money vouchers were redeemable for goods at either location. Depending on the bill's worth, the bill was coded by colors. For example, the bills worth 50 cents were printed on white paper, while the $1 bills exhibited were printed on a vibrant orange. Ornamentation around the edges of the bills creates the boundaries of the currency, as the bills dictate where they are acceptable forms of currency. The money from Groveland also contains coins that represent five cent, 25 cent, and one dollar currencies. These bills and coins were what were used to pay laborers of the turpentine still and sawmill located in Groveland. The Diston money from Diston City is similar to the Edge money. 
The bills in this podcast have an intricate border around the outside edge of the bills, while the bills themselves are worth $15 and are numbered. The Edge Mercantile Commissary, or company store, was the largest merchant operating in Sumter and Lake Counties. The lumber mill employees were paid each Saturday with Edge money, or punch-out checks, with which they could buy items at the company store or commissary. In Groveland, Edge money was accepted by all local stores and was often found in the church collection plates on Sunday. These company towns grew as Central Florida grew and soon replaced small farming as an alternative economic opportunity in a rapidly industrializing country. During the late 19th and early 20th century, the country was facing the migration of people from the countryside to the small towns and cities, and company scrip emerged as one way to address the growing concerns employers had with this mobility. Dr. Long helps explain how the advent of company scrip restricted the movement of workers during this time. Well, a number of things. Uh, one is it's not savable to spend somewhere else, so there's no, there is no incentive to save. Uh, once you leave the company, if you leave the location, your script is no good anywhere else. And so it, it, so one is that you can't save, and two is that it makes it difficult to leave. And so one of the things, uh, when script was 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 common, right? Uh, there there was a, and there were efforts by employers to try and sort of undo what had been done in in the course of the Civil War, and that is to sort of re-fix a labor force uh, into certain locations and certain employers, right? So not necessarily recreating slavery, slavery per se, but, but trying to fix the labor force in such a way that mobility uh, and flexibility uh, for workers becomes uh, more difficult. And there are a number of ways to do that. Uh, debt peonage was common further north in the South uh, in situations where um, people are paid in kind with crops, et cetera. I mean, this is the, the relationship of sharecropping, uh, and the debt that accumulates becomes, becomes uh, you know, shackle, uh, an, an invisible shackle for those farmers. And that the same is true with script in some ways, or it's a, it functions in a similar way to try and sort of fix this labor force on the, on, on the ground. By 1885, Hamilton Distant invested heavily in steamboats, wharfs, schools, and hotels to develop the Central Florida region. Distance land purchases and investments were directly responsible for creating or fostering the towns of Kissimmee and St. Cloud. Workers employed by Distant in this company were also paid in scrip, similar to that of Groveland. Dr. Paul Ortiz from the University of Florida tells us that company scrip had a long history dating back to the 19th century and was used throughout the entire country. Well, you know, company script first originated in the in the U.S. You know, as as the nation was expanding, and and one of the perennial problems in this country has always been cash flow, and how will people get paid in in a region where maybe there's not a bank, or in many cases the script, frankly, being worthless. Uh, and so that's part of the thing that, that, that sparked the, the great, great upheaval of 1877, national strikes. You know, scores of, of people uh, killed, uh, many more arrested, wounded, you know, gunfights. Um, and all of that came out of this, this little token uh, or this little piece of paper we called script. Here, Dr. Ortiz explains to us that the use of script had consequences for workers and entire communities themselves. The consequences for workers could often be quite severe. 
um, if you think about what script is, I mean, it, it can be a, a token, it can be a piece of paper, um, it, it's, a, it's a promise of, of, of payment, but uh, it's also uh, leads to a situation which can uh, engender a lot of abuse. So, for example, if you work in a turpentine camp in, in the 1920s and in northeastern Florida, uh, chances are you were paid in script. And it, it, it's, it's supposed to be re redeemable currency, uh, but the problem is when you go to the company store to try to purchase that, that $5 worth of goods uh, that you're supposed to be able to purchase, the company store, who's often owned by the same uh, firm that also owns the turpentine operation, actually says, hey, we're going to charge you a markup on that. We're going to charge you interest. And so suddenly your $5 is only worth $4 or maybe $3. And so the consequences for working class families, in particularly in the late 19th, early 20th century, could be quite severe because, you know, instead of making uh, $10 a week if you're paid in script, um, and, and, and if, if local, I mean, there's not, there's also a possibility that, that local uh, stores may not accept the, the company script, right? And so uh, you're walking around with something, with a piece of paper or a token that represents your hard work, uh, but it may not be worth much or, or anything at all. Or the people controlling the worth may be your boss. And so the consequences could be, could be quite severe. And uh, this is one of the reasons why such a little token or a little piece of paper, which seems to us now to be so inconsequential, uh, led to tremendous tumultuous events in American history. According to Dr. Ortiz, sometimes workers fought back against these economic restrictions. People engaged in the, in the it's interesting to, to think about this, I mean, workers engaged in a lot of the same types of activities we engage in now that we call things like fair trade, where we go to a company and we say, hey, we want you to, to treat uh, workers in your supply chain better or else we're not going to shop there uh, or, or we're not going to shop at your establishment. I mean, workers did the same kind of thing vis-a-vis uh, in, in, in company script in the early 20th century. I mean, of course, how successful these, these, these kind of hidden campaigns were, you know, is, is kind of un, unclear. By the 1950s, labor unions, workers, and state legislators around the country curbed the use of company scrip as payment to workers, and the company store soon died out. Lumber, turpentine, and other industries declined by the mid-20th century, so the practice of using scrip died out, as did the company towns soon after World War II. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of A History of Central Florida Podcast. For more information about the company script from Hamilton Distance Township, visit the Osceola County Welcome Center and History Museum at 750 North Bass Road, Kissimmee, Florida, 34746. And to see the company script from Elliott Edge, visit the Groveland Historical Museum, 243 South Lake Avenue, Groveland, Florida. Make sure to join us for our next episode titled Fishing Boats.